In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Finally, the rematch. It's always challenging to go up against this team. Kid me. It's episode six of the AJC Braves Report podcast, the National League Championship Series edition. I'm Jay Black, alongside Braves beat reporter Gabe Burns and our columnist Mark Bradley. Remember how it felt last year? Game seven, Atlanta comes just short of the pennant. I, I wanted to go to the World Series so bad. That doesn't work out sometimes. That you know, we did a lot of really, really good things. We changed the narrative for sure that's gone on in the last 19 years here, so we're looking forward to next year already. Well, next year is now, and the Braves get another chance to pass the boss level and beat L.A., the team that's knocked them out three of the last four postseasons. And Gabe, if you'd have told me back in February that the NLCS would be a rematch, I would not have doubted you one bit, but what a ride it took to get here. Yeah, they certainly took the uh, unexpected route to get here, but I mean, you're right. This is kind of the boss level. The Dodgers are the premier franchise in baseball. They're one of the premier franchises in sports right now. They're the reigning champs. So you want to win a World Series? I mean, this is this is the team you have to go through. And Mark, you wrote on AJC.com this afternoon that the, the Braves have waited for the Dodgers. Here they are. Is this the team they really want? Yeah, I don't think anybody was looking at the Giants in February and saying, boy, I really want to play them in NLCS. Um because nobody thought the Giants would be any good. Uh, everybody knew the Dodgers would be good. Uh, the question about them was that, uh, you know, could they could they survive the wild card game? And then that, could they survive the best of five against the Giants? Because, you know, those those two teams go back ages in their enmity toward uh, for one another. But, uh, but they did, and uh, here they are. So, you know, it, now if you had said that three months ago that the uh, the Braves were going to host the Dodgers in the uh, NLCS and in game one of the NLCS. I would not have believed that. I don't know if I'd have believed it three weeks ago either, but, but here we are. And, <laughs> yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that here coming up. But Kroger is a proud sponsor of the Atlanta Braves. Kroger has winning ideas for fans all postseason long with fun recipes and a great selection of party trays if you are hosting a watch party. Visit Kroger.com or your local Kroger store to cheer on the Braves as they battle for the A. All right, so let's start digging into this series. And manager Brian Snitker says there's no surprises now. We're very familiar with this team and, and understand how deep they are, how strong they are they're relentless um they're they're just so you know i know offensively it's just the at-bats they put up or or something else um they just keep coming after you and um, they're pitching so deep and it's just it's a really good club Gabe, the Dodgers won 106 games, a franchise record. Their roster is so deep stacked with studs everywhere they beat the Braves by 18 games this year but but is it wrong to me to think that these two teams are at least kind of close? Yeah, I mean, with the way the Braves are playing, with the pitching they're getting, I mean, they certainly have a chance. On paper, the Dodgers are certainly more talented, but there's a reason that these games are played. This, this Braves team is a lot better than the 88 wins would indicate. We've talked about that before, but, I mean, the Dodgers are as good as it gets in every way. They're doing what they're doing. Uh, obviously, Muncie 
got hurt and has been out. You know, they thought that Kershaw and Bauer obviously were going to be huge parts of what they do, and they haven't had Bauer for a long time. And Kershaw, they haven't had for the postseason, and they went a long time in the regular season without him too. So it just really shows the depth on this team that you can have guys like Bauer and Kershaw go, and and there you are in the NLCS anyway. And I mean, they're as good as it gets. Dave Roberts is a great manager. Their front office is brilliant. Uh, they can match up and they can beat you in every way possible. I mean, this is this is really uh, they've had a lot of good teams, and, and certainly this is just another another one that ranks up really high for that franchise. Mark, how does this team compare to the one last year that won it all and beat the Braves in the, to win the pennant? I thought last year's Dodgers team, of course, that was over a sixty-game shortened season, but I, I thought that might have been the best Dodgers team ever. I'm I'm not sure this year is as good. But it's pretty good. I mean, they, you know, they don't have Kershaw, they don't have Bauer, they don't have, they don't even have Dustin May, who uh, who started two of the games in the in LCS last year as a as an opener. Uh, they, he's been out since I think uh, April. They've had to scramble some. I mean, there, there was never a chance that they were going to miss the playoffs. It was just a question of whether or not they were going to get in the playoffs as a, as the one seed or or the wild card, and uh, they ended up by one game as the wild card. And, and I think that we see again now that in, in that giant series, there is just a difference in class between those two teams. Not, not a lot, but, but enough that I don't think you could look at that series and say that the, the better team lost. I think that the, the Dodgers are, are just not to belabor the point that has been belabored a million times already, but they, they just, they don't have very many bad players or any bad players on that team. They have, People that are that are there for specific purposes, and you know they 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 take the 26th player on their team uh, as seriously, and as uh, they they feel like that in, in some situation he could be as important as the best player on their roster. Then that, that's that's one of the ways that Alex Anthopoulos, who, who used to work at, uh, with Andrew Friedman in LA, that's part of the philosophy he has brought to the Braves, meaning that. You know, there's always a way you can you can improve yourself, even if even if it's just by a game or so. And if you can do that, then then you do it. Gabe, do you think now that we uh, we look back on it, are these the two biggest winners at the trade deadline? Well, I mean, wow. Um, you know, I asked Freddie Freeman about Freddie Turner today, a guy that the Braves saw a lot of, and he had a lot of success against the Braves while he was in Washington. And Freddie said multiple times the Dodgers didn't even need him. And, you know, he's right to an extent. I mean, the Dodgers have had some injury issues, but Scherzer was really big for them. And when you look at kind of especially losing Kershaw, um, Scherzer is obviously, you knew he would make a big difference, but, you know, we kind of looked at him as a luxury at the time. And, you know, now he's, he's really a guy that they needed. That was a huge trade deadline for them to get those two guys, obviously. they I mean, they, they paid a high price. For them, it's not as big of a deal because the reality is, is they 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 have the financial ability to just go out and, and make up for kind of what they lose even on the farm, and they're so well run. Their development team is so good. Uh, to Mark's point, uh, this team is not. I don't think this team is quite as deep as last year's. I, I do think last year's team was probably better than this one. Uh, even a guy like losing a guy, Jock Peterson, uh, Kike Hernandez. I mean, they they did lose some. Some pieces and uh, Kershaw, you know, I know people kind of debate about his 
how he pitches in the playoffs, but I mean, that's obviously a loss. And, you know, you go out and you spend that money on Bauer thinking you're getting a frontline guy for this series and you obviously don't have him and you're probably never going to have him again. You don't want him again, but, and the Braves wouldn't be here without their trade deadline, obviously. And now Jock Peterson, he's going to be on the other side of this and we'll see if, you know, the Braves can kind of pick his mind and if they can gain any knowledge from him. But again, these teams are so familiar familiar with each other at this point it'll be interesting to see how it plays out again wonderful thing we do know this year certainly compared to last year in this series is the Braves pitching is so much better well it's it's really good and I I feel really good about all three of the guys that we're going to be featuring um but it's I say it's a significant difference than a year ago when we started this tournament um you know so I feel really good another reminder Gabe of last year's starting rotation of the National League Championship Series Max Freed, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, who gave up part of the 11 in the first, Bryce Wilson, and A.J. Minner. Yeah, this is a lot different <laughs> from that group. The Braves are not desperate this time. Uh, and the Braves feel like they have a trio atop their rotation that can go uh, right against Scherzer, Bueller, and Urias. And, and they're right. I mean, we just talked about this with Milwaukee. We had similar conversations with how. Uh, with how great their rotation is, the Dodgers is just is is right there too, and you know we'll we'll see. The difference is the Dodgers bullpen is really really deep. It can it can beat you again. Another group that can kind of match up with you, uh, but the Braves bullpen just had a really strong series, and they've been pitching well for a while now too. So again, like this is the league championship series. There's only four teams left standing. There's only two teams left standing in the National League. So uh, not a ton of flaws with either of these clubs right now. Mark Bryan Snitker has not announced his rotation yet, but how would you stack it up for the Braves? Well, I'd start with Max Freed, which he's going to do. Um, and then it's just a question of whether or not you want to bring Charlie Morton back in game two after he pitched uh, game four in the uh, in the NLDS. Uh, I think they may let Ian Anderson go in game two because the, the game three is going to be in Dodger Stadium. And, and uh, there may be some thought that Although Anderson is, is obviously, you know, proved himself already, but uh, but I think you know a 37 year old may be better able to handle uh, a road crowd than uh, a young guy. But I, I, I think that's about it. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know that they might use an opener in Game Four. It depends on whether they're trailing or leading. But you know, I, I think the thought of having Max Reed in, in Game One is just. He's as good a brace pitcher as I've seen in a long, long time. And uh, his outing against Milwaukee was just tremendous. Best pitcher of the second half in the National League. But the topic of a bullpen game has also come up down the road. I think after experiencing that, it, it's I, I have a different feel now for the the roster and that. And if you, you know some, if we do have a bullpen game, knowing that you're going to be hitting guys, you know, earlier in uh in that game so i think that's going to have something to do with how we construct the roster for this series gabe what are you kind of hearing what do you what do you think snit will do after freed on game one yeah the bullpen game is 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 certainly i think that's going to happen for both teams i think you're i think you're just going to see it just a, a matter of when you would think it's game four but things could change depending on how kind of it's fluid depending on how the series unfolds but you have options i mean again you know in noah uh, wasn't his best showing um, in game four, but you have him. You, you're going to have Drew Smiley. You're going to have guys to cover innings. It's not a five-game series, obviously, this time, so you're going to have to cover more innings. 
we'll see how it plays out. But ultimately, I, I you know, this is really going to come down to Dodgers three against the Braves three. And as for the Dodgers rotation, they, they kind of messed with everybody's heads on Thursday night with the opener in game five against the Giants. But, I mean, we got to see Max Scherzer, right, even though he closed it out? Yeah, well, I mean, that won't, won't surprise me. I mean, that's like kind of probably like a side for him right there and take a day off. And, you know, this guy's um, just a different animal. I mean, they're, they say it, it's, they're, he's a Hall of Famer. And, and those guys are, man, they're cut from a different cloth. Mark, the Braves feel a lot better about their rotation and love Max Fried in game one, but Max Scherzer's in a different world. Um, I don't know. You just said that Max Fried had uh, the best ERA in baseball over the second half. You know, Scherzer's a really, really good pitcher, but uh, Max Fried is a really good pitcher now, too. You know, I, I don't I don't see that as, as a total mismatch. Is it? I think that's a, that's a really good matchup. I think the Braves should, uh, should feel fine about their chances. Gabe, I know this is going to be a tough question uh, considering what we saw the other night, but um, since Dave Roberts has made clear he'll do anything, how do you think he'll handle his rotation? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. Uh, like Snit said, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Scherzer. Um, it wouldn't even surprise me if it was Bueller. I, I, I think that they have different ways that they can play this, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll find out here soon, actually. Uh, the time we're recording this, about 10 minutes until the Dodgers start working out, so there, there's going to be more clarity here, but it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they have they have no shortage of options. What did y'all think of that um, wild opener setup against the Giants in Game Five? Uh, that's that's uh, that's how a lot of teams do it now. It's 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 still kind of considered unconventional, but you know what? I thought it was interesting. It worked for them, and you know the Giants pitched their guy Logan Webb, who was just superb again. And it worked for them. So, I mean, look, there's more than one way to do this. There's more than one way to win. And those two, you could certainly argue that those are the two smartest teams in baseball right now. And I thought it was interesting that you just saw them take two different approaches and both of them were successful. One thing that Gabe was talking about earlier was that how good the Dodgers are as a front office. Dave Roberts said uh, before that when he announced that he was going to go with an opener in Game 7, that uh, this was a this was a franchise decision. This was this was not his unilateral vote. He said, in fact, he said, "I have one vote," and and you know that Friedman and and the other people were there are all having input on this. So they you know they have a way of knowing exactly what they want to do. And and you know in this case, you can't really argue with them. They wanted to get uh, Urias the uh, the bulk of the game, but they didn't necessarily want to start him, and it. It turned out okay. I mean, apparently the process was one of the analysts threw it out in their huddle after game four. Hey, how about we do an opener? And they slept on it and during the off day, gathered the data to convince Dave Roberts, and then he had to convince everybody else. And Cadable and Gratterall both bought in, and Urias was great in his role. And, and it, it's just, just totally bizarre, but highly fascinating how those decisions are made now. It's not just the manager, Mark, like you said. Yeah, the um, you know, and this is when we talk about analytics changing baseball. This is analytics changing baseball. That would never have happened no. ten years ago. You know, you would have rolled out one of your starting pitchers, even if it, his arm was about to fall off from from overuse. You know, this is this is the way baseball is played now, and and you know, you can like it or you can not like it, but it it is this is this is the way. Has Brian Snicker's opinion on on openers and things like this 
changed and evolved in, in the time that he's been running the team, or do you think he, he's kind of bought in all the way since he took over? You know, Snit deserves a lot of credit, and I always think this is something that he actually doesn't really get enough credit for in that we talk so much about old-school guys like La Russa and, you know, the issues that, that can come up there. Uh, Snit has always been very open-minded. He's, he's adapted, and, you know, for an old-school guy, he's always kind of embraced uh, just different. If that's just the personality changes in the game, if it's uh, if it's the opener strategy, which obviously the Braves have used, um, you know he listens to Alex. He trusts Alex and the people working with the team. And yeah, you know, he again he deserves a lot of credit for kind of for being an old school guy who's really adjusted and has stayed open. I think one other thing too is that as we know, Alex Anthopoulos didn't hire Brian Snitzer. He uh, he inherited it. But those two have formed a, a kind of maybe an even unlikely partnership here because uh, Alex, I think, is 44, and Brian Sinister is close to um, being my, my age, so uh, which is older than 44. But yet, I think they, in their way, work together in the manner that uh, Bobby Cox and John Sherholtz did long ago. That uh, you know, one of them, they each knew their jobs, and they each let the, the one do his job and relied on the other to to do that job. There's, there's a great video on uh, on Twitter. I think Paul Bird sent it out uh, in the celebration right after the Braves went in Game Four with a, with a serious embrace between Brian Snicker and Alex Anthopoulos, and you, and you could see the the true partnership and friendship just in that moment uh, that those two have. I thought it was a great example, Mark, of, of what you just talked about and what you've what you've written about here this past week. And a reminder, you can get analysis like that by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And that is what funds our journalism. We cannot do it without your help, so thank you there. And if you're not a subscriber, go to AJC.com slash BattleATL and sign up today. You'll get the most complete Braves coverage in Atlanta during the postseason, and you can also get a Hank Aaron tribute book. Unlimited digital access to AJC.com, and the e-paper starts at just $1 a week. Get the special offer now at AJC.com slash BattleATL. Now let's take a look at the what the, the lineup of the Dodgers will roll out there in Game 1 and uh, – and Gabe, it's uh, it's pretty much like eight All Stars and some Hall of Famers: Betts, Seager, Turner, the other Turner, the other Will Smith, uh, some guy named Pujols, Chris Taylor, and AJ Pollock. Yeah, it's a, it's a really impressive lineup, and you know the Turners uh, disappointed in the NLDS, so certainly wouldn't be surprised to see both of them have big series here. Cody Bellinger has had a really poor year. And it's kind of created a financial conundrum for them, uh, just considering what he's going to make in arbitration next year. And, you know, they have several guys, uh, Kershaw, Jansen, Seeger, Chris Taylor. I mean, they have a lot of free agents coming up. So to some extent, this is, this is a last run for some of these Dodgers because they're, I, even with their financial ability, they're not going to keep everybody. So this group will look at least a little bit different next year. Um, it, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's a lineup that, gosh, the versatility, like Gavin Lux is a guy, too. They've had him out at center field. They can just do so many different things. It's a really impressive group. Pujols actually turned out to be a sneaky good pickup for them. Sure was. Um, yeah, that, uh, you know, uh, people kind of thought he was he was done, but he's actually provided some value for them. So, again, and, and as soon as they picked him up, I don't think anyone was surprised to see that they wound up kind of extracting whatever was, was left out of him. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an impressive lineup, obviously. Um, and all the Braves pitchers are going to have their work cut out for them because a lot of the things with the Brewers, the Brewers offense was, was
was just dreadful in that last series, and, and it's not going to be the case this time around for the Dodgers. One thing that won't hurt, though, if the Braves are finally able to get back to the World Series is this time against the Dodgers, they've got home field advantage, which we saw mattered quite a bit in Game 4. It, it was something else here. That, that was just amazing what I experienced the other night. And Like I said, I, told, I went home and watched the replays because I was just like, I want to go see what happened. Gabe, you posted your five keys to a Braves upset on AJC.com. This was one of them. What else has to happen? Well, there's a lot of things, actually. Uh, obviously, if you're going to beat the Dodgers, you're going to need to be firing on all cylinders. You've got to match starting pitching with them. You have to hit with runners in scoring position. The Braves, they were 2-for-13 with runners in scoring position in Game 4, which they ended up winning anyway. And really, that whole series, neither team hit well in those situations. The Brewers were particularly bad. And the Braves, you know, they came up with enough hits and they did enough to, to win. And the Braves were clearly the better team in that series. Um, I think even Mark even wrote that before game three. And I thought it was pretty evident that the Braves were just flat better than the Brewers after a couple of games, um, despite it being 1-1. Uh, and, and the air, you know, Adam Duvall got let off the hook with a couple of just inexcusable uh, base running errors. And those are the kind of errors that are really – going to come back to haunt you against a team like the Dodgers because the margin for error is small against Milwaukee. There is no margin for error against the Dodgers. You have to play clean, and they're going to be focused. Um, it, it's just a matter of just playing clean baseball and getting the best from your best player. Mark, is there a place where the Braves have a clear advantage here? Um, I don't know. Um, the Dodgers are really good. I mean, I, I mean, if, if Max Muncy doesn't play, then I would say the Braves have the better first baseman. I mean, I think the Braves are good. I, I think the Dodgers, you know, this is this is one of those things. It's it's they're not playing a hundred games. They're not playing sixty games. They're playing best of seven. And uh, you know, the the worst team in baseball can beat the best team in baseball over a best of seven series. Um, and and I, I just I, I think that the Braves definitely have a puncher's chance. It really helps that they're at home. And I, and I think that I think they're sort of embracing this uh, this underdog mentality uh, that uh, you know everybody wrote us off uh, two months ago and uh, and yet here we are. So uh, you know if the Dodgers lose, it's a, it's a big failure. If the Braves lose, well they made the LCS uh, after going uh, going 100 and some games without even getting over 500. There is one place, men, where these two teams are dead equal. That is players on administrative leave, one each. Huh. Well, yes, there is that. Yeah, uh, yeah, two players who probably will not be with their teams next year, but we'll deal with that next year. Gabe, how's the how's the Braves roster going to shake out? Do you see any changes? Uh, we'll see. I don't think it will be anything uh, particularly notable. I mean, maybe you carry a you know carry a a different bat. I mean, maybe Camargo is on there. I mean, just stuff around the fringes. I, I think the big the big storyline roster-wise is you're not going to have Jorge Soler, who tested positive for COVID-19 before Game 4, and that shifts. Smith hasn't totally committed to this, but the likely outcome is that Dansby's going to be your leadoff hitter. Uh, he hit a double in his first at-bat the other night doing that. And so you're going to see more Jock Peterson, which we'll see if he can have uh, another big series and one against the team that he was doing it for for seven years. So... But the big storyline with the roster is just going to be the lack of Jorge Soler and, and you know, kind of how things shake out, shake out with Dansby at Lee Hall. All right, fellas, final predictions here. Who wins and how many? I kind of go 
I kind of go back and forth, uh, not with the winner, but with how many games. My initial thought is Dodgers in five or six. I think my my take the the Braves' best chance, and this is stating the obvious, but they they need to win these two home games first. I think that would be just they have a real shot if they can take these first two home games. If they split and it goes and you have three in L.A., um, obviously the Braves have not had a lot of success there, and we'll kind of see how that plays out. But, but my initial thought here, and I might change my mind when I wake up in the morning, is is a, it's either five or six. I keep going back and forth on it. Um, I'd say that sounds about right. I, uh, I, I think there's a chance the Braves win, and I think Gabe is right when he says they could win the first two games. There's a lot of pressure that falls on that Dodger team going back to L.A. to win game three. I mean, if they were, you know, you don't come back from, well, unless you're the Red Sox of 2004, you don't come back from 3-0 down in, in a in a postseason baseball series. So I I think the Dodgers are the, are, are the better team. I think the Braves are good enough. That if things fall their way, I think they're good enough to win the series. But if I were a, a betting person, which I am mercifully not, I would probably say, uh, you know, Dodgers and six. Georgia, Kentucky. Um, I I would say uh, Georgia will probably win that game as, and I say this as an alumna, alumnus of the University of Kentucky. But you know, I've seen a lot of Georgia Kentucky games over the years. I've actually seen Kentucky win a few of those, but I don't think tomorrow is going to be one. It's been, I think, 10 years since uh, uh, that happened. But we will worry about that tomorrow, and we'll be back after Game 1 as well with the AJC Braves Report podcast as part of our wall-to-wall coverage during the postseason, which includes the AJCE paper. We'll give you more than just the score with insights and analysis on the Atlanta Braves and our expanded after-the-game pages in your e-paper, which you can only get if you subscribe and will be written by these two men by Sunday morning. So thank you, fellas, and we'll talk to you after Game 1. Yes, sir. Thank you. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.